Hello, I'm Pia, a married, semi-employed, full-time graduate student mom from Atlanta with two boys, Andrew, 12, and Emmanuel, who is three. Hi, I'm Brianne, a stay-at-home mom from New York City that currently lives in Houston, Texas with my husband and three young children. They are six years and under. Hey, Pia. Hey, Brianne. <laughs> so um, we're both from other cities. Yes, I'm from Atlanta. And I grew up in New York. Lucky you. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But I wanted to talk today about building villages. That's something I definitely had to do once we moved to Houston. Right. Um, when we came to Houston, we came back to a city that was home for my husband. So I was lucky enough to have some of his family here with us. But they don't live right next to us, not right next door, or um, okay. we have to travel about a half an hour away. So it was still important for me to build my own village. That makes sense. And um, I've been told that I'm pretty good at building villages, and I think you are too. I think so. What are, what are some things that you like about having a village? Like, why do you think having a village is important? For socialization. <laughs> Even if nothing else, it's just to have someone to talk to and to relate to about what's going on in your life. And I'll admit, I am somewhat of an introvert. So I help, I feel that creating a village helps me to just be a better person because otherwise I would just sit at home and maybe be depressed. No, I- Because exactly. I'm not doing anything. Exactly. Um, people say I'm good at building a village, but I really feel like it's something I had to do. I had to get out of my house. and. Because I moved to Houston with no job to go to every single day. Like my husband came here and he had a job. I did not have a job. I was really lonely for a few months. But once I had my daughter, it, it felt like it was so much easier to build a village because I was able to join um, support groups and a mommy and me classes. It felt like there were so many different ways to connect. What were some of the ways that um, you connected when you were, when you would create your village here in Houston? I would say the first thing that I did was just talking to people. And it's hard for me to talk to people that I don't know. You probably- Where did you see these people? Oh, well, the first, I would say the first people, first, first person that I met that I'm still connected with now, we met at, my son's daycare. Mm -hmm. And we didn't really hang out much until our children were older, but even then just holding a conversation with this mother when we saw each other at pickup and at birthday parties, it pushed me out of my comfort zone. And I think that it propelled me to the next thing was just chatting up people at church. When we first came here, I attended my aunt's church. And there were quite a few women who had children my son's age. And the first person that I talked to was even more of an introvert than I. Uh -huh. And it was hard, I think, initially getting together. But once we did, 
we um, we got together a lot with this mom and quite a few other moms. So it was just talking to people. Right. One of the people that I'm still really close to today, she asked me to hold her baby when she went to the restroom. <laughs> so it, I guess it kind of forced us to to, to make a village. It's like you, you trust a person enough to hold their child while you go to the restroom and then you find out that you have common commonality. Right. It's, um, the places of worship are great places to, uh, to start. They are. I'm also, I'm bad about this. I'll just start talking to people in the grocery store. There's this one lady that I've met. We get together from time to time. Not as much as I would like because she's from Atlanta and every time she gets a chance, she'll go and spend six to eight weeks in Atlanta and our schedules never combine, uh, never align. But we just started talking in Babies Are Us. Aww. I don't even know what about, but we just started talking. I was like, hey, give me your number. And I invited her over for the 4th of July. Got, no, for my son's birthday party. And we've just gotten together at various times since then. I don't think I met anyone in Houston by just talking to them. <laughs> <laughs> Houston has so few people on the street. So, or just, I don't know. I've met, well, no. your story, it's, wasn't actually on the street, it was in church and so Babies forth. are us. And babies are us. <laughs> Even then, I'm like, Target, no, I've never made a friend there. Um, I, my, the way I like, I created my village, it was really intentional. Okay. So at the yoga class, the pregnancy yoga class, I met someone and I was really excited to meet someone there because regular yoga, you can't meet anybody. Okay. But, uh, Prenatal yoga, people are a lot more friendly. But then I also started to, once I realized that I enjoyed meeting people and I needed that connection, I started, I went online. I joined mommy groups online. Um, after I gave birth, I found out there were a lot of groups in Houston. Um, there's workout groups. Mm -hmm. And I made really good friends there. Um, I also went online and... Uh, I did the meetup groups. And we met online. That's well, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we sure did. I, I used online for meeting parents with my second son because there's a gap for right. 10 years. And all of my friends that I met with my older son, I don't think any of them are having babies now. So I had to start all over. And my Facebook group, allowed me to connect with mothers with whom I had similar similarities in parenting. And so that's how we met. And I've met quite a few moms that I truly like, that I enjoy their company from my group. Right. Definitely online is a way to create a village. And I know that there are some people who are still hesitant and they think, well, there's plenty of crazy people. And my thoughts, well, if I'm crazy, well, then, of course, I'm going to meet crazy people, but I don't think I'm crazy. I think that there are a lot of people who are online who are just like me. They're using it for to talk to their friends or to build their business brand. It's just people. And people also date online. And I found out that a lot of dating sites, um, they also have sites just for people to make friends and that's like yes. a new way that moms are making friends because technology moves really fast it does i don't think three years ago that oh i'm thinking kennedy is gonna be about seven so i don't think seven years ago that was something that was happening that wouldn't have been an option for me what make, making friends online 
No, through a dating site. And it oh, wasn't, yeah. And I wasn't dating anyone. No. I'm wondering, do you have to be dating, like, I would be single to be on that site to find those moms? See, that's it. I can't see myself as a married person going on a dating site and inadvertently meeting a friend because why I'm on a dating site. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a... <laughs> Maybe you still have your account after you've met your spouse online and you continue with That's probably why I didn't know about that. I was like, oh wow, you can meet people, you can make friends online. And your husband's like, and why did you how did you meet this person on this site? So maybe we should leave that alone. But that's an option for single single moms. moms. Right. That's because that's something else that's really important to find people that are going to the same stage as you. Yes. And um single mom should have single mom friends as well. I would definitely agree. Now, for people who, I feel like there's certain times in life where it's really easy to make friends when you start a new job, when you have your first baby, uh, when you start college, those are really good points to make new friends. What happens when you come into the picture a little bit later? Like, if I was to move to Houston now and I have a seven-year-old, what would you say to those people as far as how to build a village? Well, I would think it's the same with what I do with my older son, who's 11. I recently met some moms at a dance class. I met moms. My son used to attend the writers in the park mm-hmm. at Discovery Green. I met two moms that way, and one, we get together all the time. The other, we don't get together as much now, but she's still a person that I consider in my network. So for mothers who are new to Houston, I would say, one, Houston has tons of free activities. If it's something that your child likes, it's a good, it's a good chance that you and that mother are going to have some common ground to get okay. to know one another as a parent. And then even pay classes I just say free because I'm cheap but paid classes if your child is in ballet or if your child is in taekwondo it's a good chance that you you're, you're, you those two children are going to have some common ground and you and that mother might also and you can just go from there so use your child's activities as a way because work friends those definitely I think meeting mommy friends because it helps when you want to get together with a mom and their children can play. Your children can play together. Right. And it helps you through hard times. It does. And the good times. When you first give birth to a baby, that's a hard yet good time. And you need that support from friends like meal trains. and Yes. And these relationships, you don't, they start off so light and so fluffy, but you don't realize how important they are. Um, and some of them aren't that important. Some of them are just good time friends. Exactly. Everyone has a role in your life. That is true. A village has different types of people in it. Um, you should also have like a villager that's like a grandma. <laughs> yeah. I think a villager. I, I agree. And I, I definitely, I like what you said, that everyone has a role. You want to have that one person that you can say, hey, let's just go out to eat. You also want to have that person that if you can't find a sitter or you know you can't find a sitter you have that one friend that you trust enough to be able to watch your children and that you can even watch their children so yeah the person you could be vulnerable with the person who can also give you advice on simple but major things like summer camps for your kids because we can't research everything exactly like some of us are better at researching 
certain things than others. And that's another important part of motherhood and networking with each other is giving information, sharing information. Exactly. And sometimes I feel like I, I have this memory where I remember everything. So my friends are good for asking me things because I remember. I remember I can drive down the street and remember something that is completely irrelevant to me. And someone's like, oh, I need a karate place. You know what? I drove by one three blocks from your house. Why don't you give them a call? So, and then I have friends who I call on. I have a friend whenever I need a vegan cake. She is going to make it for me. I mean, granted, we see she's a really good friend, but still, it's that one thing that I know I can always count on her to do. So yeah yeah and recently well Pia knows this that my mom was sick and this is when I really I always understood how good a village is and how important a village is but my village really showed up um a few weeks ago when my mom was sick she came to visit me and unfortunately while she was here she had a heart attack oh my goodness and she that. was in a hospital that I thought she could have been in a different facility a better facility and one of my friends calls me for a play date and I told her, I'm like, well, I actually can't have a play date right now because my mom's in the hospital and I'm trying to get her transferred out of the hospital to a better facility. And she said, oh, hold on. Um, I'm going to call someone and see what we can do to help you. And this friend is another stay-at-home mom, just like me. Um, and I had all my other friends, also moms that were in the medical industry trying to help me um, get my mom transferred out, and one day uh, after this call, about the day after this call, I got a phone call from a doctor, and she said, "I heard about your story from another friend, and I'm gonna help you get your mom transferred." That's amazing. It, it really was, and because my mom, we kept on trying. I think it was like the third try, and we were always being told, "No, we can't." We're being denied, we're being denied. And this woman calls me, she didn't know me. She goes, well, now you know me, now you know people at such and such hospital. And she got the vice president of that hospital in on my mother's situation. And they moved my mom and my mom safely got her procedures done. And then she's back in New York and got the best care ever in Houston. And I don't know, honestly, if I can say that that would have happened to us in New York where I grew up. Like, this is how important, like, the friends that you make yes. as moms. And even Michelle Obama wrote that in her book. Like, she met a group of moms at a play date, and those were her hardcore friends throughout her, well, she's not dead, but throughout <laughs> her adult life. You know, when she was going to the White House, and she was going through really hard times, and those are the people that she can trust. Um, it's so, I cannot stress enough how important this village is, it is. once you become a mother. I mean, I'm sure it's important beforehand, but it hasn't showed itself to me as it has. Yeah, I don't, as, I was more of a loner before I had children. Yeah. So I'm sure I did have friends that I hung out with, but definitely having a village has made a difference and impacted my life in a way that if I had not formed it with children, my life would be much harder. Yeah. Much harder. But you also brought up a good point about sometimes you have to let things go or let people go. Okay. Well, before we talk about that, let's take a break and we'll come back and discuss what happens when you have to remove people from your village. So, Brianne, have you ever had to remove anyone from your village? 
I'm really not good at that. <laughs> I take. I don't think I am either, but I do it. I think you're pretty good at removing people from your village, <laughs> or at least from your life. But um, I'm not sure those people were ever in your village to begin with. But um, I'm not very good at removing people. What I end up doing is reframing the relationship. I'll say, well, this person is my very close friend. Now she's become my good time friend. We just go for lunch. She doesn't know certain things anymore. She's not, I won't text her every day. Um, some people, I mean, some people are good for a season, you know? Yes. And what is it, a reason, a season, and for a lifetime? Yes. And so I let some people just naturally just don't call them as much anymore. I think that's probably And just give them a break. Right. And then if the season comes back, let them back in again. But what are some... When would you do that? Like, when do you say, okay, I need to remove this person from my village? I would say when my conversations with them aren't productive. I don't know if I'm, if I'm articulating this correctly. If our conversations aren't positive, and I'm not trying to say that our conversations should always be in agreement, but if there are we have fundamental differences in what makes a person a good person, they need to leave. Example. Um, do you remember online there was a guy with a big neck that people were making fun of? Yes, yes. Okay. I, there's someone that I had to remove from my life because their response was, oh, it's just, it's all fun and games. He's laughing at it. Okay, maybe the guy is laughing at it, but you could tell from the way the guy, the man talked, that there was something wrong there. There were some oh. developmental disabilities. And if you, as a person, can make fun of a person that has a physical disfigurement or an intellectual disability, I don't want you in my life. Because okay, that's not something that I want my children to normalize is acceptable, to think that it's okay to make fun of people. So that type of part, they have to go. Right. Because I don't, I, that's something I just don't condone. That's a good one. That's a good one, yeah. I mean, some things are obvious. They're thieves, yeah. They need to be in your life. <laughs> no, they But don't. some things are, are a lot more subtle. Um, yes. I think gossip. You know what? I would say yes. I, I, that's a pet peeve of mine. Um, if you're gossiping about someone else, chances are you're gossiping about me. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, yeah, we can't. I've come across that. Mm -hmm. Like, where there are cliques of people, you form a clique because humans form a clique. And there's this one group of um, women that I step into their, to their world a little bit, but I kind of stay away from because there's a lot of gossip and negativity going around in, in that group. And I don't, I mean, no, I agree completely, which is what you said. If they'll talk about someone else in front of you, they'll talk about you to someone else. And I think that at one point I might have been prone to gossiping, but I have a friend who is so against it, and I value her friendship so much. I'm like, this is not even something that I should have in my life. Right. So I would definitely agree. I can't, I can't deal with gossiping. Um, people who are abusive to children, they have to go. 
Really? I, have, I have friends who spank. In my mind, I say anytime you hit a child, that's abuse. But at the same time, I also understand that I have friends who were brought up spanking. Uh, they were spanked, and it's something that, that they're grappling with. So if I have a friend who spanks their child and it's something they're working through, I'm okay with that. But there was someone that I definitely had to remove from their life because I was at their house and the father was beating the child against the wall with the bell. And that was just, I mean, the child was outside screaming, just lap, vicious hitting. It's like, no, that's not a person that oh I want in my life. Sorry for that child. I know. And it's hard enough for us to watch it, just imagine being that child. Exactly. So what types of things are, I guess, friendship breakers for you? Well, besides gossip, um, now abuse. <laughs> I think it goes with the obvious, the, yeah. odd, the obvious. But you know, um, competitive friends, competitive moms. Yeah. Oh, fortunately, I haven't. In maybe I have, but but I think I. Oh my gosh! Sorry for our alarm. I think actually I have encountered that person, but instead of removing them because they do add value to my life in some way, that we just limit. Right, we frame the friendship. Yes. Right. Because this person has been very helpful to me. Right. And I don't think they haven't done anything. They're not doing it to hurt me. That's it's true. just their nature. Right. Yeah, and that's something else, too. Um, it, if, if you're not, I've heard things like, if you're not feeling good after you've spoken to the person, the relationship is toxic. But sometimes it's just a reflection on you. It's not that they're trying to hurt you. This no. is who they are and this is how they work. And if you're telling yourself that it means something and that meaning hurts you, then you need to change how you think about exactly. that. Exactly. Something Sometimes, you need to work Right. Something you, you may be jealous of the person or something. Not saying yeah. that's no, not your situation, but sometimes... A person makes you not feel good and it has nothing to do with them. It has something that you need to change and work on with yourself. Exactly. And I love this person dearly, so that's why I just had to reframe it, work through it. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. I enjoyed talking to you again today. I did, too, and villages are important. They are. And I'm happy you're part of my village. I'm glad to have you as part of my village. And what are we talking about next week? Oh, the HISD school year, the longer proposed, the proposed, not HISD, but just Texas in general, the proposed longer school year. Let's bring it on. All right. I'll talk to you later, Brianne. Bye.